Welcome to the Lift Church podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you to live up to your God-given potential. ...to be a part of this panel for one of the sessions so that we could share from our journey to people who were much older than us, people who were much younger than us, people who had gone way further than us and for those who were just starting out. But when I received that invitation, that question again came. Do I belong? Do I belong on this panel? Do I belong in this sphere where I get to share what God has been doing? Surely there are so many more other qualified people than myself. And recently, again, I I was invited to be a part of um, a a conference that's coming up for our women in the state to be a part of a panel and a part of the team there ministering at that conference. And and I was looking at the email addresses in that um, email that was sent. There was about five or six of us. And I'm looking at these women all included in this invitation. I'm like, they're amazing. They're just what they're doing in their lane. They're absolutely killing it. They're doing phenomenal stuff. And that question came, do I belong in this community? Do I belong as a part of this panel, of this group of women who are doing incredible things? You see, this question doesn't just stay on the surface, but it speaks to who we are as a person. It's, it's almost like if we can find a place to, vo- to belong, then we're validated for our existence you know, I recently went back to study and um, I, my first unit was Christian Worldview. Apparently, I chose the hardest unit to, to get back into study with. Silly, silly mistake. Um, but one of the uh, classes, one of the topics was, um, what does it mean to be human? And so we drew up this list of um, what are distinct to animals as God's creation, what are distinct to humans as God's creation. And you know what we found? is that animals don't have this quest to find out, do I belong? They just don't have this innate need to search out the answer to that question. They just go about their business and they have this purpose that's set. And as soon as they're born, it's like they learn that and and they begin their journey in life. There's no need to go on this quest to, to learn whether they belong or not. But for humans... It's, it's a pretty unique struggle to us. And something really interesting we found out is that science obviously can find out a function for animals, but science still to this day can't tell us why humans exist, why humans belong. There's actually no function in, in you know, the created world that we serve that makes us, um, that makes us necessary. They still haven't you know, found an answer for that biologically and and naturally. And so it makes me wonder that this quest to know where we belong, to find this answer, it's actually a spiritual one in nature. And that's where we can turn to God and find our answers. And, you know, when I received those emails, those invitations, sometimes there was that feeling of guilt where it's like, no, God, I know that you've created me. I know that you've got a purpose to my life and a call on my life. But sometimes I just still feel like, oh, there's, there's a little bit of doubt there. But, you know, in the questioning, I found that that was actually an invitation for God to come in and to show me who I am and also how I fit, that I do in fact belong and and how I fit. 
And so let's go to the Word of God this morning and let's go to none other than the passage of where creation began, where we began. In Genesis 1, I think it might come up on the screen there so you can follow along. Genesis 1, and I'm using the Amplified Bible, from verse 26 to 28 it says, Then God said, Let us, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, make man in our image, according to our likeness, not physical, but a spiritual personality and moral likeness. And let them have complete authority over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, the cattle and over the entire earth and over everything that creeps and crawls on the earth. So God created man in his own image, in the image and likeness of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them, granting them certain authority and said to them, be fruitful, multiply and fill the earth and subjugate it, putting it under your power and rule over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air and every living thing that moves upon the earth. You see, the search for our belonging begins with the question, who am I? Who am I? And I love that in this passage in Genesis, it's so clear about who we are. I want you to let this sink into you this morning. You are created in the image and likeness of God. We are God's image bearers. That's who we are. A little bit of an example to show you what God means in this passage. You know, in ancient times when people would build temples to their gods and and lowercase g, of course, and they'd build these temples. I think we may have a picture. I asked for something not too graphic, not too crazy, but there's a good picture there. But what they would do is they would build these temples, build everything up, make it look wonderful, and then they would place an image, an idol within the temple. And as much as we shouldn't do that because that's idolatry, it shows us how God created us in that passage and I didn't read the part out but God created us from the earth and then he breathed his breath of life into us and as he was doing that what he did was that he put his image in us the temple of God that's what God calls us in the scripture that each and every one of us are his temple we are his dwelling place and so that's what God did when he put his image and likeness into us. It's in each and every one of us. So what does that have to do with community? What does that have to do with you and I? Well, if we are made in the image of God, then we need to understand what the image of God is, right? If we ask who we are, yeah, we're made in the image and likeness of God, great. If we stop there, everything just continues to be a bit vague, right? We don't truly know who God is, whose image has been impressed upon our lives. And so what we know of God is that, actually, no, I'm going to tell you a bit of a story first, but I have to warn you, there are spoilers in this story. Anyone who hasn't seen the Avengers movie but wants to, you may want to close your ears. I'm not sure. But I wouldn't. I actually wouldn't if I was you. This is good. Don't worry about it. So we have this question, what does... 
What does God actually look like? If we're made in His image and His likeness, then what does that mean for us? You know, a lot of people have this picture. You know, a lot of people would be insulted by what I'm saying because they have this picture that God is some cruel, harsh, distant God, that He cannot empathise with who we are in our humanity and, and our struggle and our pain and our hurt here on the earth. People, some people don't believe that. And as we're watching this movie, The Avengers, um, Infinity Wars, there was this scene and there's this character that just so reminded me of how some people view God. And um, there's this character called Thanos. I think I'm saying that right, Thanos. And he, basically the whole movie is about him. Um, and he is this God, again, lowercase g, who is on this quest for these um, six stones. I think it's six stones. Is that right? Yep. Yep. Oh, yep. Okay, cool. Um, Sandy knows. <laughs> yes, six is correct. Um, so he's on this quest for six stones because he's found this problem in, is it the universe or just the earth? Universe? Okay, so he's found this issue in the universe, right? That there is just way too many people, it's overpopulated and there is not enough resource and food to go around. And so people, you know, wars are breaking out and people um, are stealing from one another and there's just this chaos. And he said, you know, I'm the one with the answer. I have this answer to this problem. And the answer is this, that if we wipe out half of the population, then there will be enough resource to go around. And so the movie is all about him going on this quest to find these six stones and that's the character there. And so it, in this one particular scene, there's this dialogue between Thanos and this other character, Doctor Strange, and it goes a bit like this. So Thanos is saying, with all six stones, I cannot put on the voice, so don't even ask me to. With all six stones, I can simply snap my fingers and they would all cease to exist. I call that mercy. And then Doctor Strange says, and then what? So you wipe out the population and then what? And then Thanos says, I finally rest and watch the sun rise over a grateful universe. And then it cuts to, well, not just then, but towards the end of the movie where we see that Thanos has been successful in this quest. Sorry, there's a spoiler right there. You've seen the movie, Mitchell, I'm pretty sure. Um, it cuts to this scene where Thanos is sitting up high on this cliff watching the sunrise and he's all alone. He's way up high in this lofty position looking down upon the earth and it's like... He has created this chaos and he's removed himself from the pain and from the hurt that he's created here on earth. Now that's the part where he is not like God in that God does not create pain or hurt. But some people believe that God is this God who's way up high, who's lofty, who's looking down on what's going on. And it's like there's this duality of God way up here and us humans way down here in this struggle, in this pain, in this hurt, and in, in this pain and hurt that sin has caused. And yet God is not doing anything to intervene. In fact, God doesn't want anything to do with humanity. And so when I say that we were made in the image and likeness of God, people say, no. I'm not made in the image of this God who is definitely not relational, but who is harsh and, and a horrible, horrible deity. And so that's what some people believe. But what I know as a Christian is that 
That picture of Thanos, of that kind of a God, could not be further away from the truth because I know our God to be a relational God. And the thing is, we know that for a fact because the God that we worship as Christians is a Trinitarian God. If you never heard the word Trinity or Trinitarian before, it basically means that we worship one God in three persons. And maybe you're sitting here and you've, you've listened to our songs and you've been here and you've picked up these, these persons, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. They're not three separate persons, but they're one God in unity in this community. And so we worship a God who is three in one. You know, over centuries, theologians and teachers have been trying to work out these illustrations that would communicate who this God is in a way that we can wrap our human minds around. Because it's a phenomenon, one God in three persons. How does that even work? And of course, they talk about the water illustration or the egg illustration. If you grew up in Sunday church, you probably know a bit about what I'm talking about. How people use these things as illustrations to say that, well, God is like water. He is one substance but takes on three different people but then the thing is water it falls short because God then would change and not cease to be God the Father when he's being God the Son or God the Holy Spirit but in fact God is God no matter in no matter what person and then there's the illustration of the egg Hannah would love this she loves eggs so there's the illustration of the egg where there's shell egg white and then there's yolk bakers in here would know that you can separate all three of those things and in fact we discard the shell of course and so that illustration also falls short of this God who is one God in three persons but alas our quest for a good illustration is finally over when last year uh, on the toy market emerged this little gadget called the fidget spinner the fidget spinner do we have a picture awesome so this, and it's kind of cool because we're talking about this in one of my classes, that this little toy is actually a really cool illustration we can use to illustrate how God is one God in three persons. Why is that? Because we see that there are three persons, if you will, one God, but all of them continue to be in relationship with one another. There are no disconnections. There is nothing that is broken. Do you get that in your mind? Have I engraved that mental picture into your mind? God is like a fidget spinner? Yes? Don't quote me on that. Do not tweet that. Do not. <laughs> Lift church. We're a biblical church. Amen. So why, why have you come to church today to hear me talk about God looking like a fidget spinner? Why? Yes, Beck, give me an answer. The thing is, what we need to understand when we are finding our space in community is that God is a God who is relational. Father, Son, Spirit never stops being in relationship with one another. Sanguine's out there, the God that we worship, He is a living, breathing, walking community all on His own. He is a party. They say three is a crowd. God is the ultimate community. He is always in relationship. So again, what on earth does that have to do with us? The fact that our God, if He chose not to, if God the Father chose to be in relationship with God the Son but kick out God the Holy Spirit, He would cease being God. He would cease being God. And so if we are made in the image and likeness of God, it means that we 
were created for community. That we were created with this inbuilt desire and capacity for relationship. We were created with that. It's a part of our DNA. Whenever we find ourselves isolated, whenever we find ourselves um, uh, tempted to, to feel like we don't belong, that's not the heart of God for us. It's not the heart of God for us. And so there's still one problem though. So we have us being created in the image of God. God has placed his image on us. So we've got this capacity, this desire, this potential. But there's still one problem, right? Because we still struggle to sometimes be in relationship and in community. And what's that issue? The problem is sin. And we see it in Genesis. Let's take a look. In verse 23, it says, Therefore the Lord God sent Adam away from the Garden of Eden to till and cultivate the ground from which he was taken. So God drove the man out. You see, God had created the garden for Adam and Eve to be in. That was their community. But because they chose to sin, because God had set up, you know, you can, um, you can do this and that and this is what you're created for, but don't do this. And what did Adam and Eve do? They did that. <laughs> it's like, you know, the kid when you're like, don't touch the flame, that's exactly what they want to do. That's what Adam and Eve did. And because of that sin, God said, okay, You've left me no choice. We've got to get you out of this garden. They were disconnected from the community that they were meant to be in. And just like how Adam and Eve's sin disconnected them from that community, you see, sin disconnects us from one another. It disconnects us from God when we sin against God, but when we sin against one another. You know, it's a tough pill to swallow, but I couldn't um, expect to have a trusting, a loving, a united um, relationship with you if I constantly sinned against you. And nor could I expect that from you if you sinned against me. And yet, in our humanity, we have this capacity to sin and we sin every single day. There's always potential for it. And so we're stuck. We're stuck. We're stuck in this duality where, yeah, we've been made in the image of God, where God is up here and He's experiencing amazing community with God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And He's given us the same longing. He's imprinted it on our hearts. But we're here down below with sin that disconnects us from the community and fellowship God created us for. So then what happens? You see, thanks be to God because He didn't leave us in that place where we were separated from one another and separated from Him. But He sent Jesus. God came down. Well, came down. He came down. He came down in our form, in flesh and in blood so that God could be man and He could deal with our sin issue for us. You see, when Jesus went to the cross, He took our sin. He took our shame. He took everything that disconnected us from God and from one another, and He defeated it. It says when He died, because sin had a price. Sin needed death in order for that price to be paid. And so Jesus was our perfect sacrifice. He died on the cross for our sin. He paid the price, and so sin was defeated. And then three days later, our Saviour rose again and in Him rising, He brought about life for us and reconciliation in relationship 
with God and with each other. That's what God did for us. And this morning, if you're sitting here and you're like, yep, I'm, I'm in that place where I'm disconnected from God or maybe I'm having difficulty in my relationships and I've walked away from God, I've walked away from the ability to reconcile to other people, then this morning I would love to lead you in a prayer that reconnects you with God. You see, you don't have to be perfect to give your heart to Christ, to become a Christian. In fact, it's one of the easiest things, it's the simplest things you could do. The Bible talks about believing in your heart and confessing that Jesus Christ is Lord, that He did in fact die for your sin and He rose again. And so if you believe that, it's as easy as that. God doesn't require you to be perfect before you come to Him, but He wants you to come with your imperfections and be reconciled to Him. And so right now, I would love to lead you in that prayer. And we've got a gift for you if you say this prayer for the first time or if you're rededicating your heart to God. Then we've got that Bible for you and we've got a few notebooks as well. Um, And so right now, if I can get us all to bow our heads and close our eyes. You can repeat this prayer after me. And remember, it's the faith in your heart. It's this declaration. Dear God, I thank you for sending Jesus to die on the cross for my sin. I ask you to come into my heart, wash away my sin, and reconcile myself to you. Thank you for living in me. I want to know you more. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. So again, if you said that for the first time, we'd love to give you a Bible and that notebook. But this morning, I, I wanted to turn my attention a little bit to those of you who call Lift Church home. You see, we have an enemy who doesn't want us to first of all know that we were created in the image of God. And He doesn't want us to express that image that we are created in. And so what the enemy would try to do for all of us is to keep us away from community because he knows that that's where we bear the image of God most. It's within community. It's within relationship. And so what he would try and do is to cut you off of community. And how does he do it? by telling you that you're not worth it, by throwing your guilt and your shame in your face of sins in the past or maybe even the sin this morning. He would tell you that you don't belong. You're not a part of this community because you're imperfect, because you're different. But that's the thing. God loves that we are different. And like the Trinity the, the persons are all different and yet so united and that's still the community that God calls us to, whether we're perfect or not. You know, quite a few years ago, I was talking to this person who I love dearly and is close to my heart and she was going through a few things and what had happened was that she had uh, a time ago lost her mum and she had lost a friend and then a little bit after that, she had lost another friend. And, and as we were talking, you could tell she was still processing. She was still grieving. And she said these words. 
Maybe I'm meant to be alone. Maybe I'm not meant to be in relationship because whenever I get close to someone, something happens to them. Maybe I'm meant to be alone. And in that moment, my heart broke because I knew that that was a lie from the enemy, wanting to keep her away from community, away from being the image bearer of God that she is and being a valuable part of community and holding her back from relationships that would actually bless her and cause her to thrive. And so lifters this morning, I want to put a bit of a challenge out to you, a bit of a commission out to you, that there are people sitting in these chairs this morning and people who also didn't come to church today because the enemy is sowing doubt, is sowing lies, telling them that they don't belong, telling them that they're not worthy of being in community and of being in relationship. And as a family of God, what we need to do is we need to fight for our own. We need to learn what it is to stand in the gap for people who maybe are on the fringes or who maybe were all in, in the core part of our community, but who have taken steps away because the enemy has come to discourage them and pull them away from the from community. And you know what the Bible says? Is that the sheep that go astray, the sheep that are um, on the outside of the community, that's where that's who the wolf targets, the wolf being Satan, the enemy of our souls. He will come and know that he can pick off those ones because they're the ones on the outside of community. They're not the ones on the inside. And so this morning, why don't we stand to our feet? I thought what we could do as a symbolic response to this message this morning is that we could stand united. We could stand alongside our brothers and sisters. And you know what? It doesn't matter if you call, don't call Lift Home. We're brothers and sisters in Christ. It goes beyond these buildings. So why don't you grab the hand, if you're comfortable, grab the hand of the person next to you. Or you know, men, I know sometimes you don't like to hold hands with other men. You can come around and and hold on to the shoulder, that's totally fine. But in this moment, what I want us to declare is that we were made for community, that you have a place to belong, that you belong in the family of God, not because you're perfect or imperfect, but because Jesus paid the price for you, for your soul, that you can be a part of the family of God. And so this morning, why don't you begin to pray for the person next to you? Come on, why don't you begin to affirm and declare that they belong, that they have a place. If they're struggling, begin to rebuke those lies of the enemy that they don't belong, let's speak over that in truth. God, we thank You that You have called us into community. God, the very fact that we were made in Your image, God, means that You made us for community, that You made us for relationship. And we have a place to belong. And so, God, we stand united with our brothers and sisters this morning, God. And Lord, we rebuke the enemy and anyone he's trying to target and discourage and bring out of community. But God, we stand on their behalf. We declare over them that You love them, that You've chosen them, that You've positioned them in community, God, and no attempts of the enemy can draw them out. God, we stand on their behalf. 
Lord, we thank you. We pray your hedge of protection over everyone, God, whether it's sin that they're struggling with, Lord, or whether it's self, just feeling inadequate in their self, God, we declare that your love covers a multitude of sin, God, that you've paid the price for that sin, Lord. And Lord, I thank you that that sin no longer separates us from you or separates us from each other. But God, in Jesus Christ, we have forgiveness. We have the ministry of reconciliation, God. We thank you for it. Holy Spirit, right now, I pray that you would do a work in our hearts. Right now, God, those who are wrestling with sin, wrestling with shame, those of us who have taken steps out of community, Holy Spirit, right now, pull them back in. Bring them back in. Jesus, you died that we would be brought in. And so, God, we declare that truth right now. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. And God, we respond to the call to look out for our brothers and sisters. Lord, that if we see anyone on the fringes, if we see anyone struggling, going through a difficult time, that God, we would gather around them. That we would remind them that they belong. God, that they are your son, they are your daughter. And there is a place in your house, a place in your family just for them. We thank you, God. And in the mighty name of Jesus, we prayed. Amen. Amen. Come on, why don't we give God some praise this morning. We thank you, God. Thank you for tuning in today. If you would like to find out more about Lyft, check out our website at theliftchurch.com.au.